Hi, everybody. Before we get into this episode, I had to let you know, like I'm literally bursting at the seams, that on March 13th, Scouts Agency is launching something major. We have been working on this for months, all with the intention to serve your business expansion and catapult your brand awareness. Now, If you want to have first access at our early bird pricing plus access to bonuses, sign up on our waitlist at scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. There will be limited spots available, so if you've been ready to go from the plateaued business owner to the visible visionary, you're going to want first access. Again, that's scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. S-C-O-U-T-S-A-G-E-N-C-Y dot com slash waitlist to sign up for first access. I'm bursting at the seams and I know I have to keep this a secret for just a couple weeks longer, so cannot wait. Okay, let's get into the episode. founder and CEO of Scouts Agency, a female-focused PR agency that specializes in getting women as guests on podcasts, and the author of The Emotional Entrepreneur, The Emotional Guidebook to Entrepreneurship. I also live with bipolar disorder. From being a college dropout to business owner, I have garnered up the healing tools from living with a mental illness to build my entrepreneurial life. Welcome to my podcast, where I ramble about mental health tips, entrepreneurial strategies, and mindset shifts so that you can act despite fear and live your life of purpose. I am so honored you are here. Pressing play means that you are ready to feel safe in your emotions. Let's get into the episode, shall we? Hello there and welcome back to another episode of Scout Podcast. A very, very special episode because I am bringing you my first interview here on this podcast. I am sharing the microphone with two incredible women today, Whitney Eckes, the founder of Eckes Marketing and Get Super, and Lauren Guerreri, the founder of House of Low. These two women were in my six-month mastermind uh, with all of our coach, Amy Natalie, who I know you have all heard me speak the most fabulous, wonderful things about. She brought the three of us together in a container And while we just wrapped up our mastermind, I found such solace in these two women. I found such inspiration, such strength in these female entrepreneurs who reflected back to me my greatness, my strengths, my expansion, my potential in so many beautiful ways. And so when I thought about, as you know, if you've listened to the last episode, when I thought about the fact that I was going to be bringing on guests I wanted the first episode with an interview to be very special. I wanted it to be with women who talk openly about the emotional aspects of entrepreneur, but also talk spiritually about the process of being an entrepreneur. So this episode is, I want to say the word tantalizing. It's like very stimulating for the mind, the soul, the body, all of the things. We really, really focused on this overarching theme of the feminine and the masculine energies within business, the areas of masculinity that we are unlearning, the areas of masculinity that have served us, how we add in femininity or feminine energy into the way that we do business, and really, really diving deep into what that looks like for us on a day-to-day basis. So with that, they came to my house, we sat on my couch, we had some tea, Looney, my Pomeranian, walked around all over us, tried to give us kisses while we were recording, as she always does, but I think the conversation that you're about to hear is going to speak for itself, no pun intended. This is an episode, if you are a female entrepreneur or a male entrepreneur who is looking to understand how to surrender, who's looking to redefine your relationship with wealth in the context of feminine energy, etc. So this is just a hint of the types of conversations that I have behind closed doors with women in business who I admire so significantly. And it's It's pretty fucking rad to know that these are the types of conversations we get to have around business in general. So I hope you enjoy. I know that Whitney and Lauren are 
gems of gems of gems. I could not be where I am in business with Scouts Agency, with my book launch, without these two women behind me supporting me. So I hope you all enjoy. And as always, you can follow me on Instagram if you're not already hanging out with me there at Scout Sobel. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, let me paint a scene. Let me paint a lovely scene. I got two women on my couch. They're drinking tea that I made. They're looking cozy and cute. And they are the first two guests on Scout Podcast because this has been a solo episode, sorry, a solo podcast up until now. So let's introduce my ladies, Lauren and Whitney. They are the women I do business with. They were in the six-month mastermind that I was in with our coach, Amy Natalie, who is basically the shadow of everything I talk about, essentially, at this point. <laughs> so I asked them to come on to talk about the ways they do business in the masculine and in the feminine and what we have all learned probably when it comes to the feminine because I think the three of us are pretty great at the masculine. So how about you guys introduce yourself? Lauren, you want to go first? Yeah. Hi, I'm so happy to be here with you, Scout. Um, I'm Lo, and I'm the founder of House of Lo, just here to create safe spaces for women. I'm going to be launching events. And I also am in the marketing world um, as a consultant doing paid media. Beautiful. Lauren, your voice, like every time I swear you talk, it's just like, we should all quit our podcast and just let Lauren do all the podcasts. Yeah. Can you just narrate my podcast? (laughs) Narrate my life, actually. (laughs) Can you, can you be, I feel like you would be awesome in a Jim Carrey movie where you're narrating what Jim Carrey's doing. Yes. Like maybe it's because I just watched Bruce Almighty and I'm like, that's the most spiritual Jim Carrey movie I've ever seen. I feel like you really have a thing for Jim Carrey. You've you've brought him up a lot. No, it's just because I watched Bruce Almighty. That's the only reason I. I and because he wrote himself a million dollar check. That yeah, too. he's pretty rad. I mean, yeah. I tried to read his book, but holy shit, it's like an acid <laughs> trip, man. It's like it jumping it everywhere. Definitely. It's it's fiction and nonfiction, and it blurs a lot. And I'm I'm just not sure if it's it's an acid trip. It's fiction and nonfiction. So parts of it are true and parts of it aren't true, and so you don't know what parts are true and what aren't. That's mm. that's. <laughs> It's trippy. Like, it's really trippy. Is that even legal? Like that can't. Like it's Jim Carrey. <laughs> oh my god. It's he's a pretty prolific mind yeah. for sure. Okay. Anyways, Whitney, who are you? Um, I am Whitney. I guess I'm a serial entrepreneur. I my background comes in marketing and creative campaigns, and the most recent business that I have launched is a little product based business called Get Super. It's an instant wellness beverage company. And I'm very excited about it. So when this podcast airs, it will be in the in the in the phase of launching. We will be ready for liftoff, essentially. Yeah. So if anyone came over here from OKSIS podcast, hi sisters. I have talked about Get Super a little bit <laughs> too much. This is the woman behind the brand. And if you follow her on Instagram, what are you at Whitney Eckes? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see we're all going to a big launch party this weekend, which will be really fun. It's going to be so much fun. I know. <laughs> Can't wait. Okay. Who wants to kick it off on what they feel as if and can define and explain their relationship with the masculine in business? If you want me to go first, I can. I'll go first. Okay, go. My relationship with the masculine, as far as the way my energy is, it's always, it's been a default of mine. And I don't want to blame the culture, but I blame the culture because it's really, we navigate the business world that is rooted in the masculine energy. You know, masculine energy is defined as taking action, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, and every single thing is in your control. That's ultimately what the masculine is about. And for me, it's I'm very good at taking action. I'm very good at being driven and ambitious. But the the aspect of my relationship with the masculine has shifted a lot because there's a, a balance that's needed. And I'm learning that as I go. Yeah, for me... I always made my masculine part of me wrong. I feel like maybe Whitney can relate on this where like for me, my masculine is not a direct correlation to the culture. For me, my masculine is genuinely how I operate because Mm -hmm. I was never in corporate America. I've never had a real job. Like I never learned the masculine. Does that make sense? Like I don't have to unlearn it. And so 
when I've been sitting with it and hearing, you know, how the toxic, the toxic aspects of the masculine, which there's many beautiful, beautiful aspects, I just couldn't help but think, well, where did, I never really learned this and it feels super inherent and, and my automatic, but in a really beautiful way. And so for me, dancing with the masculine was adding in the feminine versus taking away the masculine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would have to say, I mean, my backstory obviously goes with being raised kind of like by the single father figure that was also an entrepreneur. So a lot of like um, a lot of my business practices and business attitudes and even like ambition and drive come from the masculine. And that was more so like ingrained in me in a young age. Like it was kind of like this like you take control, you grab, you know, the bull by the horns, you are the one that makes or breaks your own success. So I would say be having to walk through that and like learn and be able to distinguish like from what you've grown up with versus like this is actually a trait. It's called a masculine and like you're living in this right now and like you don't have to like you said like you can dance with like the feminine and like bring this in. That was like really eye opening to me because I just always thought I was like a hard ass for like the longest time or I just always thought like I was so like in this like state of like operational mode or I didn't think the same way as anybody else in reality it was more so of I just had this really like strict mindset of from like basically when I was a kid you get a little cutthroat which I, I love it when you do I know I that love, you might not but like when I talk to you you get a little like when when I come to you in crisis mode with my business you put on that hard ass hat but I you know I think it's for me it's not making that part of us totally wrong because it it brings so much to the table, so much. But for me, what I thought was interesting is that I've only worked with women my entire life. Mm-hmm. Mm. I have worked with two guys-ish. Like one wasn't even yeah. in my, in, like we didn't work together. We just both worked for the same job-ish. And then one was my graphic designer when I had my magazine. So he wasn't even like an employee by any means. Yeah. Those are the only two men I worked with. And I recognized inherently early on that I didn't like the toxic side of masculinity and I oversimplified that and just associated it with men in general. And so I didn't want to do business with men. Scouts Agency, I only represent women. Okay, sis, I only interview women. I only work with women. And so there's got to be something of that. I was so afraid of that learned masculine trait in our culture that I took the beautiful parts, put it into my work culture for me specifically, but isolated myself from men which I don't know if that's healthy so I feel like I feel like like yes and no I mean it's all in who you want to do business with but I think you know when you talk about like the cutthroatness or like doing business with men like you know Lauren you brought up culture right there is this there is this ingrained culture inside of business that like men you know operate business-wise like oh it's just business it's not personal it's just business chapter one of the emotional entrepreneur (laughs) and that is something that where I think like as women especially as entrepreneurs and owners like you step into this masculinity because you're having to play on the same court of people that are only in masculinity so it's almost like in order to do business with other men in order to bring on like these clients or be in the same environment and bring yourself up to their level, you almost have, you almost get this feeling of like, I have to be this in this masculine tone or else I'm not going to be respected or taken seriously. And I think we have to ask ourselves, what would business look like if it's default was the feminine? Ooh. Because the, <laughs> the, the truth is we don't even, like you say, it's your natural speed. I would argue it's because it's what we've been having have to what we've had to navigate being someone who has navigated corporate America and really see how everything in the business world is completely designed from the masculine is something that I've had to unlearn to your point and I'm I continue to have to unlearn it and I think we're living through a I don't think I know we are living through a insane shift on this earth and in business with which is related to how the energies are starting to balance out and I think we're going to all explore and we are exploring what does it look like to approach business with the feminine integrated and this means this is what abundance mindset is based in abundance mindset is based in 
I am so confident and I have such faith that money will always be available to me because we live in a endless, limitless universe that I trust that if I'm taking aligned, inspired action, Mm -hmm. the masculine, it's all going to flow to me. You know, it's like feminine energy is about being in this flow state and it's very uncomfortable for all of us. I think a lot of women struggle to access that. For some reason, and let me know, because I think I brought it up with Whitney a little bit, and we'll talk about how we get into our feminine, because I it's a it's a daily practice for me. It's, it's something that I really try to do. For me, accessing my feminine was difficult, and so I started first with my husband. How can I be more in the feminine when I'm in the presence of my husband? Like when he comes home, uh, shifting gears a little bit into that is really important, and then I've learned how to use it in my business with surrender, et cetera. But don't you think in a weird kind of messed up way that men – 20, 30 years ago were successful because they also had that belief. They thought that if they did the stuff, it would come. So were these men weirdly somehow subconsciously also tapping into their feminine without knowing it? Yes. Let's like, I I feel like I'm going to use my dad probably 27 different reference times on this podcast, but like it is exactly that. Like you have to also remember like being raised as a man And I feel like I can speak to this because of my father and being raised by him and the way that he raised me. And like, really, he raised me in a way of like, well, this is how I was raised. I'm going to raise her this way. Really, there shouldn't be like any sort of like general or gender like indifference. Like she's a girl. She'll figure it out. But she's going to be raised as my kid the same way I was raised. There was like this like he I mean, he was always taught like if you work hard, there will always be something following after it. Like, if you don't work hard, nothing will come from it. So if you work hard, you put in your time, there's bound to be something that's going to catch and to stick and to come Mm -hmm. back. And that's, like, it's, like, kind of, like, this, I mean, my dad's, like, not the most, like, spiritual, like, aware guy. Like, I mean, he's definitely has, like, his moments. But I, I would never say, like, he's, like, oh, like, yes, like, I believe in the law of attraction. Or I believe, like, you know, like, what I put in, I get back out. But it was more so of, like, no, I know that if I work my, you know, ass off and I build all this business, like it's eventually going to come back and like support my family and support my want, like my lifestyle and how I want to live. So I think to your point, you're spot on. I totally think men that have been living that way and operating businesses that way, it's just not discussed as masculine and feminine. Yeah, because those men couldn't have been successful without the trust. I mean, the three of us have seen in the six month mastermind over and over and over again when shit gets a little challenging or uncomfortable or we've taken all the action we can fucking take because there's only so much we can produce and do that we the three of us had to fall in back on trust and surrender so who wants to talk about that (laughs) (laughs) i feel that i so i've been in this mode where i don't think i'm taking as much action as i should Mm -hmm. because for years i worked a certain way where i just like killed myself like How ran myself into the ground I used to work me? like 14 hour days for sure no oh yeah most definitely wow. and five that wasn't week? yeah sometimes and I would be plugged and your in boss all weekend feel terrible about themselves no but, but this is the thing I wasn't really being forced to work because nobody can force me to do anything I was working like that because all my value was in work and they in never corporate. said they never thought to say so I guess it's the feminine we're like one of my girls came to me and said she was working X amount. And I said, oh, no, no, that that's not sustainable. I don't want that for you. But I was working like that because I thought that's how I would become successful. Got it. Got Nobody it. was really forcing me to work mm-hmm. that way. But the culture, it's there's a lot of unspokenness about it. You know, whoever works the hardest. And I think we got to discuss, like, what's working hard. Totally. There's so many ways to work hard. But the the piece that I feel that I've completely flipped to in my rebellious way of being is now I'm like, what does it look like if I just don't take that much action? (laughs) And this year has been quite something to witness that because in full transparency, I went out on my own this year for the first time. Like I'm full blown entrepreneur as of March. And I have had so many opportunities that have just come to me without me taking any action like zero action to watch. and I don't I and I don't know how to make sense of it so I'm trying to just let it unfold and hopefully start to see the pieces come in place but I think if I were to venture a guess I am in such a place of valuing myself and I took a leap of faith by leaving and going into my business and I really believe I'm being rewarded for that 
I really do. I don't think that it's because, you know, because if I had gone, if I look back at the last seven months and if I had taken all these actions, I don't know if it would have really changed what was already on its way to me Mm. from years of doing different things that, that really opened up certain channels to bring opportunity to me, you know? I also don't think from your point exactly you're a living proof of this. You have, you're like, you just attract and attract and attract without necessarily taking so much action to attract that kind of wealth and abundance, et cetera, is that I think we need to get out of the mindset that hours put in equals a certain amount of output. That's right. You know, I, I don't work that many hours that people might think I do just because I am very focused during my work hours and I like put my head down and I do it so that I can enjoy my evenings. I can sleep X, you know, X amount, whatever. But I think that we get caught in this loop that if you work a certain amount of hours, then the output should be, should be a certain amount. But really, if you really cut the fat, got to what's important, focused on your energy levels and when you're the most focused, et cetera, you could cut all that shit by like 40, 50%. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I feel like there's a huge like stigma around, like, especially like if you're doing like, you know, you like you, Lauren, you said you're taking the leap or you have your side hustle or you're launching a startup. Like there's like this, like, there's like this, like, you know, stigma around like you need to be attached to your business 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I think if anything, that just leads to like, it just literally leads to burnout. Like I remember there were days like when we first started Acus Marketing and I was like just staying in the office for like hours on end because I was like, there's always something like I could be doing. Like there's always something I could be. And there is. There is. But that's also. Which is why we work for our whole life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but that's also something too where it's like if you look at it, like if you go home, like you said, you go enjoy your evening, you take your time, you do focus and you do work hard in the hours that you need to work but you're also taking care of yourself or you're living the life that you want to live, you're going to show up twice as strong or more creative or more fresh and ready for the, for whatever is in front of you versus you burning yourself out for literally no reason. And that's exactly, you just, you just said the word creative. Mm -hmm. So the feminine energy is creativity. Like we can't, you wrote that book from the feminine energy. There's no masculine in that shit. Yeah. (laughs) It took literally no exertion. it's, it's It's like divine. I mean, feminine energy is actually spirit. It's the most spiritual energy. Masculine energy is how we bring it to the earth, right? But feminine energy is intuitive. It's spiritual, really, at its core. And the only way for us to create anything that's original to us, like your brand that you're launching, your book, my podcast, my events, it literally comes from, I don't even know where it comes from. It comes from above, within, around. And the truth is, when we're in this taking action we don't even like mode. We don't even leave room for what can come through us from an original perspective Mm -hmm. to create. And we're living in a time right now that's incredibly competitive. Everybody's kind of, and, and the more content I consume, the more I don't find a lot of original stuff. It feels like a regurgitation of a lot of people's messages, you know? And I think it's because the masculine dominates so much of business. Everybody's trying to have this crazy skyrocket success in a month (laughs) and they're not even letting themselves, especially women, we have to let ourselves create. Mm -hmm. And that's like nature, quiet time, straight up flow. I mean, most people that talk about things that are channeled, like like even your book, there's not really a rhyme or reason of how it it just kind of happens. Yeah, I think if the pandemic taught me anything, it was the importance of putting space into my calendar and the importance of disconnecting, not even from work, but when you're saying things like that, I can imagine people who are listening thinking, okay, um, you know, adding in more time to be whatever. But that also means like not scrolling on social media because 100%. you know what I mean? You can be in your masculine at work and then come home. And then instead of being in your feminine or in your masculine, you just numb out. And then it's not creating space for the ideas to come and all that stuff. Would you say that the masculine ultimately supports the feminine's expression? The the masculine's role is to make the feminine safe enough to be creative. So it's almost, uh, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like the default, in order to be a creator, and I know most of the women that are listening are creative beings, they're 
entrepreneurs or they have ideas, right? In order for you to ever let those ideas come to fruition, you have to make your default your feminine energy to create anything. And the masculine carries it out. The masculine takes action to put it out there, help people see it. That's what masculine energy is. And the only way for us to ever really amplify and like activate the power that masculine energy gives us as because as women and this is tricky because you know there's just so much gender stuff involved here but ultimately the feminine energy is creative the masculine is like leadership action really Mm -hmm. creativity versus action like the executor almost yeah and so you have to be in this default state of feminine energy to create anything because where does everything start Mm -hmm. it has to be created Mm -hmm. and the masculine just carries it out But I feel like we don't allow ourselves to feel safe enough to create. Even me, I've struggled so much in putting my things out there. I'm shocked. I would consider myself so confident. And it's because I've been in this masculine mode. And I don't Mm. even feel safe sometimes to access how deep my creativity goes. Mm. I think I'm a lot more in my feminine than I than I yeah. Then I give myself credit. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's so funny because I'm like sitting here listening and I'm like, God, I used to be so in my feminine, but with gets with the launch, I've been so out of whack. Yeah. And it's actually funny because Spencer, and I just had this conversation about him being more of the executor versus me being more of the creative. And we were just talking through this because we were whatever we were having like some relationship issues that we were walking, whatever, working through. And we were talking about Get Super. And I was like, like, I, like, we were talking about taxes and, like, fulfillment and, like, adjusting the website. And I'm like, I literally, like, don't have time for this shit. And then I was like, no, like, I do actually have time. But, like, this is not, like, where my time is best utilized. And he's like, perfect. Like, I don't ever want you to have to ask me to go and run Instagram social media. Yeah. He's like, I don't want you to, like, He's like, I don't, (laughs) God love him. We're working on having him record a podcast, but he's like, I really don't want to like record a podcast. Like he's like, I really don't want to like be like in this like marketing, like Luna creative side. She always does this. Every time we fucking do a podcast, she thinks she's like entitled to a voice here. You are not entitled to a voice here, Looney. Okay. Keep going. I need to give her her own little microphone. I know. (laughs) Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm, and I, I think it's funny because like we were just having this conversation and I'm like putting it all together now, but like realizing like he's obviously executes and isn't his masculine when it comes to business and that works great. I need to step out of the masculine and lean more into the creative because that's also where I'm like freed. Right. That's right. So tell me what, what, when you say like what, when you're in your feminine in business, Mm -hmm. give me an example of what that looks like for you. Yeah. Um, to be completely honest, like the, some of the most successful times, like I feel like I've been in my feminine and like what that looks like for me is like having enough white space during my day Mm -hmm. to have this creative freedom. Like I'm a very like kinesthetic person. So like when I get creative, like I need to create, I need to write things down. I need to like brainstorm or like write on my whiteboard and like go crazy. And that's, I mean, that's also a true testament to like my team stepping in, like having my team come in and like execute these ideas is where I best live. Because if I get to play the strategist, the creative, the one that's essentially sees the vision I can have people underneath me step in and handle those tasks and execute those tasks. And that's honestly where it works best because quite like I'm not type A, like I'm not detail oriented. Like those things, those execution tasks are super hard for me. Like even like creating a shipping label and putting it on a fucking box and taking it to the (laughs) post office is like, that that. would kill me. It can't do it. It kills me. And it's out like, you can even ask online shop. Okay, exactly. Or like Molly and I, like she laughs at me all the time because like anytime like I need to make like a doctor's appointment or I have to do like the smallest little task that requires like some sort of like, I I don't even know how to describe it. Training. This is resonating so much. But also maybe do you think it's because, I always wonder this, is it because 
as the entrepreneur, as the owner, there are so many details and moving parts that you have to keep in your head at all times that when someone's like make a doctor's appointment, it's, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. It's too much. It's I, you know what I mean? And even just as, as the lead, as the leader of our companies, we leadership is a masculine quality. No doubt. Like leadership means you're this like visionary, you know, Mm. but you can have a vision without and then if you don't allow the creative energy to come through to bring that vision through then you know like masculine energy is often the vision but then the creative part has to happen Mm. you know it's like we can have these big big visions but if we don't actually have the space to create what they are visions are just you know and I think too like that is like I think that you know as entrepreneurs like we always feel like we just be like sometimes I, I like I used to feel like the vision wasn't enough like right. no, it came not. so easy to me and I didn't realize that like like I just kind of assumed like anyone could have the vision for the company or anyone could have the creative like outlook or spirit or ambition or anything like that and so we assume like just because we have that like we also need to be doing all the tasks and I mm-hmm. quite honestly feel like that is not true like there is a job for everyone in and within a business And I feel like as the owners or the leaders or things like that, like leaning into the fact that like you get to lead and you get to have that vision and you get to steer the ship and that's where you need to be. Because if you are not there, there's no one else that can step into that place and lead the ship the way that you can. And I I feel like that's not touched on a lot. at the end of this podcast, Whitney's putting up a job application for an assistant. Yeah. So that she can follow through with that exact statement. I really do need an assistant. You really need an assistant (laughs) because what you just said, if you don't have people in order to, you know, a a business is is an ecosystem. Yeah. Right. Sure. And everybody's job has to be aligned and fulfilling and to their best abilities and what lights them up. And so for you to stand in that leadership role, the visionary role, the creative role, whatever it is, you know. I think you need an assistant to help you with your day-to-day business stuff. I do need an assistant. Please come to me, but only if... This is a good thing. If anyone is listening in San Diego and would like (laughs) to be an assistant to an insanely female powerhouse who lives in her feminine and masculine (laughs) and launches multiple (laughs) brands to learn side-by-side with... uh, You will have to make all the doctor's appointments. (laughs) Oh, God. No, that is not how we end the job application. Okay. Oh that. my goodness. Okay. <laughs> I have a question for Lauren. What does the feminine look like when it comes to making money? Oh, such a good because question for Lauren. <laughs> I know, right? Because historically people think money, masculine, money, masculine, money, masculine. And I think that I thought that for a really long time mm-hmm. and I love making money very much so, but I've also found that it is most fulfilling and comes in greater volumes than I ever expected when I deploy things like trust, surrender, when I choose to see the abundance, when I, you know, tap into divine timing, etc. and all that. It actually comes when I employ my masculine, I do all the actions that need to be done, you know, because you've got to do stuff to make stuff work. And then I sit in my feminine and that's when I've seen the greatest moments of receiving so when people talk about money, how can we talk about money and making money through the lens of the feminine? I love this question. The truth is the feminine, someone that is in her feminine means that she is embodying what I would call goddess energy. We see this word goddess thrown around a lot. A true goddess is so aligned in her value, is so sure of herself, is so clear on what she is manifesting she can sit back on her throne and everything just comes to her. That is what it means to be in your feminine energy when it comes to money. When we, I, I really push a lot of women to think about their value in a lot of different ways because our value is so multifaceted. But the truth is when we f- see ourselves in the highest value, we don't need to force anything to come to us. Everything just comes. That's what it means to be in our ma- in our feminine. Being in our masculine means we're toiling away every day at these like tasks. And it's often an illusion that those things are even working to bring us money. What I think does happen is the feminine energy is what brings the money truly in. 
I think the masculine plants seeds, really. The feminine is what makes it grow. So my sister texted me the other day, and she was talking about this exact thing. And it's, it's you know, it's easier said than done. Also, just whoever thought three women would have a conversation like this, talking about business like this, it's pretty, it's pretty rad. I hope it's translating on the other end, or people <laughs> just think we're fucking crazy. Hopefully, they think we're crazy, too. Yeah. Half of them are going to be like, I don't know what I just listened to. The other yeah. half are going to be like, this just changed my life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> crazy, wealthy women, um, so there's that. So my sister texts me, and she's talking about this manifestation, and she's saying, you know, how do I allow space to receive while also working on my goals and for me it is the hardest thing because it really is a paradox you're asking someone to have both at the same time and for me it's been I don't know if you guys have noticed in the mastermind it's been a battle I feel like I go through phases where I'm like okay I'm gonna be in my masculine and then I'm gonna go back to my feminine in next week and then today we're in the masculine and it feels very blocked one I'm only in one or the other And I've come to a place where I actually think that dance is best danced when you're continuously dancing between both every day. So I told my sister, I said, listen, every day have space of what's a couple action items you can do to get towards that goal. And then also put in space to be, to rest, to be in nature, to get filled up, to meditate on it, to feel it in your body, to trust. So I feel like it's, it's not one or the other for me, but it's implementing both every single day to keep them in harmony and to keep them balanced. Because I think sometimes when people talk about manifestation, which happened to me, you know, two weeks ago when I called you guys crying mm-hmm. and felt as if nothing in my business was working, which was a total and utter lie. Um, I was like, I'm in the state of feminine. I'm surrendering. I'm da 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 And I, and it felt so obviously I wasn't cause I felt that way, but I had this notion that I had to, does that make sense? Like and time block my fucking masculine and feminine, but rather it's kind of this thing that I add into, add into every single day. And it creates this cycle when we're two in the masculine where we ultimately are always going to think we're, we're not doing enough. Yeah. The masculine is this mm-hmm. toxic cycle of it's not enough. So when that moment happened to you, the thoughts that went through your head were immediately I'm not doing enough or what I'm doing is not the right things, but I'm doing so many things. Why is nothing manifesting? You know, the truth is the most things manifest when we sit back, we have to sit back and receive. That's the other thing. Um, so uncomfortable. feminine energy is about receiving mm-hmm. and we don't realize how much we block receiving. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would have to say, I think like it is, it's like one of those things where it's like the more and more I walk through it, it is having the awareness of like when you're in it, when you're not in it, or when you need to choose to lean into it. Like that to me sounds like that, you know, is something that ultimately everyone wants to achieve as like their superpower to be able to be like, okay, I'm going to lean into my feminine now. Okay. This is a time to be in my masculine spirit. I feel like as I like reflect on like my business personality, like there, I can like easily see my, like I'm even like running through like my team agenda this morning and I'm like, I can see myself talking back and forth between the masculine and the feminine per client and per action item or per what is happening. And I think that that is, you know, like that is the flow. Mm -hmm. It is kind of this understanding when you can activate one or the other and understanding when maybe you're in one too much or you need to flow into the other one. But it, it is, it's hard. It, but that's also too like the awareness factor that comes with it. Like when you're at that point, like scout, like you were saying, like where I'm like, I feel like I'm like blocking this out. Like it's cause you're so aware mm-hmm. and because you're so instinctive of like, this is, this is where I'm at and I currently want to be over here. So I'm going to move into this kind of place of feminine or masculine because that's what's needing to happen and that's what I know is going to be best for me. Yeah, I, I, I don't even end, end up finishing the, the story with you guys. On You mentioned how I felt really blocked in that moment. When you hit your head against a wall the way I was, I was totally my masculine in scarcity, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, instead of wondering, and I think this was why I got out of it, I sat there and said, there's a limiting belief I'm hitting. There's an emotional block that I'm hitting. There's something in my spirit 
that is not feeling free right now. And so then that immediately did shift me into the feminine and money miracles happen. Like I'm literally never in 24 hours. It yeah. Maybe 12. That was wild. It was 48 hours and then it kept going. Yeah. Like it's kept going pretty. It's insane. I don't even know what's happening. You just like unblocked a like damn. Yeah. And again, <laughs> what is, what is the, the money that's manifesting in your business right now? is from actions you might have taken six months ago. Yes. It was. It's not always about, oh, yesterday I took 50 actions. I was hardcore my masculine. And then I can just sit the next day and wait for it to show up. No, it's it's never like that. It's about, like you said earlier to Mads, having this daily, these daily rituals and practices where you balance between both. Like Whitney was just saying, you know, it's not a, and then we can't always connect the dots between, well, what exactly did I do? I think everybody's trying to have this formula for manifesting. There is no formula. The more spiritually in tuned you are, the more you will access abundance. That's the truth because we do not live in a scarce world. We are taught that Mm -hmm. abundance is the natural state of the world. I know. Preach, just dude. I but was going to say is. something next, but I was like, we, we shouldn't. We should just <laughs> bow for two seconds and in a moment of silence real quick. It's like, take me to church. Take me to <laughs> church. I, You know what I realized yes, last week, which um, I think you'll appreciate, is as I exited out of the scarcity, total pressure point, explosion of feelings and fear, I don't know what it is and I can't really remember, but... I felt in my bones a shift of wealth is my birthright. Yep. Like in mm. this in this lifetime and all lifetimes, whatever. But and we're here to break that cycle. Yeah, I we had are to, here yeah. to break the cycle of scarcity. Yeah. Especially as women, we have been repressed from wealth and mm. suppressed from wealth for centuries, and we are here to break it. There's, it's no accident that entrepreneurs are expanding in the most rapid way and they're all women mm-hmm. they're all women yeah I mean it's it there's just no accident there I feel like I want to ask you both a question because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna tap into the inner child in me right now mm-hmm. so I would love to hear your guys's thoughts on the scarcity mindset for any listeners that have maybe like grown up in like a scarcity childhood or like Mm -hmm. the over ambitious because of the fear of not being able to provide for themselves or be supported or have a lifestyle that they, you know, they want, or maybe they grew up with a lifestyle that was terrible Mm -hmm. because I feel like that's where like my brain is going just from my own, my childhood with my father was incredible. My childhood with my mother was really distorted and all over the place and I remember thinking of like this thing in the back of my brain being like you have to work so hard in order to not live a life that you were living like with your mom and I feel like that is such a real mindset and obviously we can't unpack all of that on this episode Mm -hmm. but I'd love to hear your guys's like thoughts on that I first want to say that as someone who did not grow up with that experience I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I had a beautiful, abundant childhood of opportunity from my father who provided a very wonderful lifestyle for me and my family. I know where he came from, which is an immigrant from Cairo, Egypt. I know he worked three jobs to put himself through college and went bankrupt and then rebuilt Mm -hmm. a business out of nothing. But that was never really super beat into me. Mm -hmm. But the thing that I was reflecting on all of that as you were as you were saying that and the thing that comes up for me while I can't speak to that experience is that we all have a money story that we have to unlearn yeah like whatever we came from I came from a money story um you know I saw in my community that money was used by men to control women and so I always felt as if I had to make my own money no matter what that I would never be married and not make my own money because then I'm in a prison, then I don't have freedom, then I don't have a voice, et cetera, which I'm so grateful I'm in a relationship where that would never be the case. But I think that no matter where you come from, no matter what life experience you have, everyone has a shitty mind, a money story. Yeah, that's fair. And, and, that's true. And it's not only a shitty money story, it's the culture that we grew up in that has given us a money story that is 
not positive. It's not encouraging. It's either telling us that we shouldn't acquire wealth and hold on to wealth because that makes us greedy and bad people, or you have to kill yourself to even make a living wage or, you know what I mean? So it comes, it destroys us from every angle, no matter where you were. The only positive thing about my childhood with, with the money situation is that I have a standard for my life that I really love. And I was introduced to luxuries that I even want to compound and double, triple, quadruple for my life. Yeah. But I was given the perspective where I now work to, to get that. I understand what it takes to get there in a realistic way. But I've also seen people come from ridiculous amounts of money who crash and burn and can't take any responsibility for their lives. So money stories, I think, for the collective are so complicated. And I think, as Lauren was saying, you know, the revolution of the feminine in business, I think it's also a definite read. We're definitely redefining what wealth means. So even when I sit there and say, I want to be really, you know, even using words like I want to be rich, I actually don't want to be rich. I want to be wealthy. And what does that really mean? So I can't speak to your money story specifically, but I can speak to the fact that we all deserve different money stories. Yeah, and I came from um, a childhood where my parents had a lot of struggle but still created a really beautiful life for us. Mm -hmm. So I witnessed how money did bring a lot of stress to them but they hid it and they, but, and they really tried to just still, they sacrificed a lot. They really did. They never even had a date night. What was date night for them? Oh, it was yeah, like, no yeah. private school braces, like so really expensive things, you know, but I also grew up, my money story has a lot to do with independence as well as a woman, because my mom was the breadwinner. So that yeah. was a, quite an interesting story to have. And I think that is why I come from this place of, I am the creator of the wealth in my life. There's nobody I have to look to to create that because the the feminine role model, because our parents are our first role models of masculine and feminine energy. Sure. And we all hold both energies, right? But when you're born into, especially if you're heterosexual, when you're born into a male body or a female body, like you are, we're supposed to be the default of one. We're supposed yeah. to be more of one or the other, you know? Yeah. And there's all this talk of balancing it. I think from a money story perspective, what I have learned that has shifted everything for me is that wealth is a consciousness. It's a state of mind. And if you want like practical ways to shift your, your consciousness right now, read books. That is what shifts things where you start to unlearn these narratives and you, you actually start to identify these narratives to scouts point that you grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you, you start to see that they're illusions. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about reading books on m- abundance mindset, which m- it's not just money and like personal finance. No, even that stuff is rooted in a lot of scarcity. You know, a lot of it is about realizing that you have access to the infinite field of creation, which is how money, I mean, money is energy, mm-hmm. right? Just, there's a yeah. saying that says money is energy. Wealth is infinite, I believe. And the truth is, wealth to me means freedom. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And expansion. And expansion. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. know, you were grown up with the thing, if you don't want to end up the way your mother's situation was, you have to work really, really, really hard. Mm -hmm. Some money stories that I grew up with, well, how'd you think I got rich? Rich people save their money. Yeah. So then it's like, oh, don't spend. Mm -hmm. Don't spend your money because then it could leave. So I come from like a very immigrant base, like you get it, you save it, right? Yeah. Or... Do you know what because I mean? that's like scarcity too. It's, it's going to go scarcity. away. It's all scarcity. Like right. no matter, it's hiding sure. in different types of things. I remember so many moms coming up to me. I don't know why they came up to me. I don't think my they did this to my friends. <laughs> Adults just like it fucking would just tell me <laughs> shit when I was like 16. They would tell me like, have a separate bank account when you get married. Oh, Put stuff yeah. away just in case. <laughs> or they would go through the garage with the shopping bags to not show their husbands. And so I was just watching all these housewives being like, what is going on around here? And so I made a promise. I had two requi- I, I really had one requirement for a husband. Well, two, one that he was <laughs> Jewish and two that he never that he liked to shop because I like to <laughs> shop and I that. never wanted a man to tell me how much I could or couldn't spend. Yeah. No so I think one other thing that's key here is, you know, real believing that we're worthy enough 
I mean, the self-worth is at the root of everything, right? So mm-hmm. self-worth has everything to do with how our relationship with money manifests into the world. The truth is the reason I have the wealth I have today is because I spend money, because I treat money as if it's limitless and mm-hmm. endless. And I'm also incredibly generous. So we have to spend money like cheerfully in order yeah. to continue to... What's- What's the difference between spending generously, because here's my money story, well, and recklessly? Yeah, so there's like spend cheerfully, and then there's the, the generosity piece. So spend cheerfully means that we are going through this this filtering of, do I really desire this thing? It's not about needing. I think we got to get rid of these words like need and want. It's about desire. Do I desire this coat for a reason that's really nourishing to me? And will it expand me, like you said, or is it, or do I just simply desire it, you know? Because want is actually a word that's rooted in scarcity. Want means I don't have it. So we have to stop using that word want, especially around money. Desire. You got to use desire or wish. Yeah. Like literally say, I wish for a client that will pay me 10,000. I wish. Is paying me 10,000, right? (laughs) Whatever it is. Desire is even better than wish. Desire is the true, because that's our state of, that's like the state of the well, state of desire is like desire feels primal like desire is like gratitude it's one of the most potent states yeah. of being we can be in because we're honoring what our sensual. heart desires that yeah mm-hmm. it's like erotic yeah exactly and our relationship with money does need to get way more erotic you know versus oh i have to hold on to you i can't just be free and flowing with you i have to like clutch you with my hand you know it's yeah. like it's clinger energy for sure so let's let's go <laughs> and back then the, the one yeah. last thing with the generosity piece is a lot of people even like tipping for example a lot of people are really like cautious about how generous they are with even like giving gifts to other people how they give money to other people but the secret the little secret is the more generous you are the more money comes back to you that's I think even in my worst money days because I'm just such a generous I'm so generous with my money it comes back I can connect the dots to certain things because I was in debt Mm. I had like a whole debt year many years of debt and I still would get money in this miraculous way and I do connect I connect prosperity with generosity in a big way Mm. I love that I I like the way that you you know shift from like the like like you were saying like you spend it and you spend it in a way that like feels good or like that's energizing and I feel like that's the difference between like the reckless versus like the like energizing can you I want yeah Yeah, I want you to unpack that when you think about it like even that old mentality of those women talking about you know for a rainy day it's like we're we're preparing for tragedy always like you know the whole that's even part of scarcity you know like insurance is a scarcity type of honestly it was born out of scarcity to be honest so the truth is like to to treat money in a way that's preparing for the worst what do we think it's going to bring us it has to be treated with the more we infuse positivity into our money the better so when you go out and you buy yourself something that you desire so deeply and you spend it and you're like you're not like clutching your credit card when you buy the coat you're just like no, I deserve this coat. I'm worthy of this coat automatically. Not because of all the masculine action I took that day, yeah. but because I'm worthy of it right now mm-hmm. in the here and now. And when you do that, you signal to the universe, to these unseen forces that we cannot understand and we're not here to understand them. We just got to believe in them because they're there, whether we believe in them or not. You signal that you are sp- your relationship with money is so strong and so like safe that you signal more to start to flow to you. Because the truth is a lot of people don't get money because they're stuck in this like poverty consciousness. They're stuck in scarcity. And the universe gives us more when we feel safe enough to receive it. That's also back to like receiving. Yeah. And How we trust th- ourselves to spend it. Like, you know, yeah. it's like, what are we working yeah, for? Yeah, when I, I'm just going through all the things that I spend and every time I spend, it's it's something I desire. Like all my all my spending is very aligned with deeper desires, deeper purpose, et cetera. I hate wasting money on things that don't right. light me up or fill me up. So I feel as if I respect money very much in that sense that I allow it to dance in the things that make me light light me up and make me feel very happy. Where I need where where it can get not tricky but challenging in a relationship where you 
share money, my husband and I share money, is to understand that what lights me up at a certain price point can look crazy to my husband or what lights him up at a certain price point can look crazy to me. And so in relationship, we also have to allow the other to spend on things that they desire too. And be okay with not needing to understand why. Uh, yeah, not not saying like that's a waste of money. Oh my god! And I do that sometimes to my husband. I do, and then I think about, wait a minute, I spent that much on this, which he probably thinks is crazy too. You know what I mean? Yeah, like everything we spend our money on, even in a f- from a feminine energy perspective, is about how does this pour into me? Mm-hmm. Because if you buy something. If you buy an outfit that puts your mind, body, and soul into a certain state of being, that outfit may be the thing that actually like expands your abundance oh. and pays you back in dividends. No fucking budget. <laughs> I throw a party. I am going all fucking right. out. Do you want to know the best marketing technique? Don't spend on the fucking snow cone machine. I don't know why that came to my mind. <laughs> spend on a fucking bomb yes. show-stopping dress. My mother and I always did this every fancy event I would go to if I got invited to something fancy with a lot of important people whatever whatever we would go crazy trying to find a show-stopping dress because then all the powerful women would come up to me compliment me on my dress I would feel really great and it's like the best way to network market it shows off I I will spend whatever on a dress that's actually a great filter too whenever you're going to buy something really sit with that item you bought and let your mind or let your body feel into the emotion it brings to you. Mm-hmm. That's desire. That's where desire comes from. Mm-hmm. I feel like I need to go take a shopping trip now. <laughs> oh, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go. Whitney's sure. going to fade because she's launching this week and I can't believe she's here. I feel so honored. And oh my God. I hope that she, God, I feel honored for being on this podcast with yeah. you two. Mm. Oh, please. Um, okay. I just want to wrap up with a rapid fire really, really quick. Uh, I want you to say one beautiful, how do I phrase this? Um, tell me off the top of your head one thing. God, this is, I'm a podcaster. I should be able to say this better. <laughs> uh, something, your favorite part about being in your masculine in your business and your favorite part about being in your feminine in your business. Mm. So I'll go first. Okay. My favorite part about being in my masculine in my business is watching results come through based upon my action. And that doesn't need to be my manifestations, but seeing a PowerPoint, for example, that's not completed and then it's completed. Like to see a product come from my mind and be out there in the physical world lights me up so significantly. And then the favorite part of being in my feminine in my business is tuning into the trust and the bigger picture of the abundant reality that I live in versus getting caught up in the fear and scarcity mindset throughout the day. So my favorite part about being in my feminine is is feeling that sense of trust. Mm. I love that. Mm. My favorite part of being in my masculine is when I need to negotiate. Oh, I don't want to negotiate with you. And I count me out. Count me out. And I witness. I rise above as my higher self, and I witness my power being in that masculine negotiating. My favorite part of being in my feminine energy is when I allow something that I deeply desire to create to come through and to witness its impact on other women. There's nothing like it. Mm. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna have to say. I, my favorite part of my masculine is, or being in my masculine is my ability to protect myself. Um, I think that like Scout, you said earlier, like (laughs) getting a little cutthroat, it's not even, it's not even the, it's not even necessarily the, if there's any anger or like bad blood to it, it's more so of like, if something doesn't serve me, if something doesn't fly, there is almost this very instinctual energy that comes out of me. And it's very, it's very supportive because I feel very protective and I feel very, I feel very protected. And I know in myself, I can trust that energy because it is protecting me. Maybe that's ego. Maybe that's just this masculine inside of me, but I love that. Um, My favorite part about being in my feminine is the creative inspiration that comes from it it's the when I feel rested when I feel aligned when I feel free I feel like I 
have this limitless potential that I could just tap into. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, ladies, for being the first guest on Scout Podcast, for making me feel less alone in my business pursuits, in my spiritual pursuits, in my feminine pursuits, in everything that lights my soul up. It is very hard to find other women who are willing to have conversations like this and can tap into this type of a frequency. So I love you and I appreciate you. Um, can you please let everybody know where to find you? Yes, you can find me at just at Whitney Eckes. You can find all of my fabulous businesses there, but my two children right now that I am just lifting up to the light is at Eckes Marketing and at Get Super and Get Super is spelled G-E-T-S-U-P-R. And you can find me at house of underscore low on Instagram. (laughs) Had to get the underscore. And then also I would love for you to listen and subscribe to my podcast, House of Low. Thank you for having us, Scout. It's an honor. I love you so much. I love you too. Mm -hmm. And all of this will be in the show notes so you guys can easily follow Whitney and Lauren along. Okay. Love you all. See you next week. I hope this episode has landed with you in the perfect timing that you need it. I hope that it gives you the courage to chase after your dreams and purpose. If you are so willing, I would be honored if you would text this episode to a friend, if you would rate the podcast five stars and write a review, and follow me on Instagram at Scout Sobel. Over there, you can find links to sign up for my newsletter, which is also in the show notes, and get involved in all of my offerings, from Scout's agency to OKSIS podcast to this podcast. If you're looking for a deeper dive of my work, you can find my debut book, The Emotional Entrepreneur, on Amazon. I am so appreciative you are here, and I will see you on the next episode.